Hi, I'm Jim Corcus, Disney historian, and I'm listening to Stories of the Magic. You should always listen to Stories of the Magic because this will enhance your Disney experience and make you a much happier person rather than a grumpy. Welcome to Stories of the Magic, an unofficial Disney podcast with your host, Randy Crane. Hear stories from Disney cast members, Imagineers, artists, and more right here on Stories of the Magic. And now, here's your host, Randy Crane. Welcome to Episode 78 of Stories of the Magic. I'm Randy, your host. Thank you for joining me. In this episode, we continue our three-part interview with Bill Rogers and Camille Dixon, the official voices of Disneyland and Disney California Adventure, respectively. I hope you enjoyed and learned a lot from Part 1, as Bill and Camille talked about their history in radio, becoming and being the official voices of the parks, some fun stories, and what they love most about what they do. One more thing before we continue. As I mentioned last week, Krista Joy and the Disney Parks Podcast are hosting a very special event coming soon, and now it's coming very soon. On Monday, February 9th, 2015, you can have lunch with Mark Silverman, voice of the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror at the Carthay Circle Restaurant on his birthday. This is an exclusive event, so to get more details, reserve your seat, order an autographed photo, and win a chance to have Mark record the voicemail greeting on your cell phone, go to storiesofthemagic.com slash mark15. That's storiesofthemagic.com slash M-A-R-K-1-5. Now, in this episode, Bill and Camille talk about doing early morning rehearsals, the coolest announce Bill has ever done. Why they ran late every time they did a Pirates of the Caribbean movie premiere, and some great information about Johnny Depp. Bill's favorite thing to announce in the park, Candlelight Processional, including some fascinating behind-the-scenes on it. Camille getting to take over the holiday tag for Epcot's Illuminations Reflections of Earth in 2014. Acknowledging that they've actually had real jobs in the past. The new PBS show they're creating on creativity called On Tour, By the way, when we're talking about that, they say next year. Well, we recorded that in November of 2014, so next year is now this year, 2015. Just keep that in mind. Why creativity is so important and how to start developing yours. What it's like for Bill and Camille working together. The best improv coach they have. I can almost guarantee it is not who you think. Why improv is great training for voice actors. Their favorite improv game. You won't want to miss listening to this. Whether it's different being the voices of the respective parks, and how they tease each other. And the thing that's always amazed Bill about going to Disney parks. Now, a brief word from a fellow podcaster and friend, and then it's time to turn the page and continue this story. My name is Al. And I'm Joyce. And we're We're huge huge Disneyland Disneyland fans. fans. In fact, we love the Disneyland Resort so much, we host a podcast dedicated to the happiest place on Earth to share that passion with others. That's right. On our show, Tales from the Mouse House Disneyland Podcast, we share current resort news, some tips and tricks we've learned over the years to help make your Disneyland Resort vacation the most magical experience ever. 
we uncover little-known and often-overlooked gems we like to call hidden treasures and even review the attractions and places to eat that make the Disneyland Resort so much fun. And if that wasn't enough, we even share some video episodes to help keep you in that Disney magic state of mind. If you're a longtime fan of the Disneyland Resort or you've just recently discovered the magic, this podcast is for you. You can find Tales from the Mouse House Disneyland Podcast at www.talescast.com and in iTunes. And remember, make, make it, it a, a Mickey, Mickey day. day. And now, this week's interview on Stories of the Magic. We had a rehearsal very, very early um, the day before mm -hmm. so that everybody could make sure that every piece was in place and that it was just right. And I'm always so impressed by that. When cool. You, when you do those early morning rehearsals, do you do it in, for lack of a better term, full voice? Yes. How do you do that? Yes. Nobody else in the park. Well, you... well I'm just <laughs> thinking like, yeah. you, know, you kind of have to warm your, your voice up. There's maybe she better does, I don't. Day. Yeah, you know what? I I only have to warm up my voice so that I don't sound sleepy. Okay. You know, but I don't I don't need to warm it up to prevent, you know, any kind of injury or, you know, anything like that. I I sound sleepy for about the first hour that I'm awake in the in the morning. He that's the best time for him to record is right after he wakes up. Because yeah. his it's, just, it's, it's really kind it's of amazing. Deep and it's yeah. fresh and, you know. But it's fun. And I will tell you that of, of all of the announcers over the years, that, that there's one that sticks in my head. And it's it's not a chance that you get every day for anybody. Okay. The, the coolest announce I think I've ever done is, ladies and gentlemen, Mrs. Ronald Reagan. That was pretty cool. <laughs> that was a moment. That was a moment. Yeah. yeah that was at a moment. At the Reagan Library for the Archives exhibit. Mm, yeah. yeah. And it's, okay. you know, I, I get a chance to do a lot of those things. Um, we've done world premieres uh, in New York and, and New Orleans and, uh, and all Las over Vegas. Las Vegas and, you know, obviously the Hollywood Bowl. Mm -hmm. And then four of them at, you know, at the Rivers of America. Right. There's, there's no darn pirate movies, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I will say, I will say something right now about um, what blows me away about some of the people that I encounter hmm. in all of this. I know every time I do a pirate movie, we're going to run late, and we're going to run late for one reason and one reason only. Okay. His name is Johnny Depp. Johnny. Uh, Johnny gets there in advance of most of the other people who are supposed to be there. He then spends anywhere from an hour to two hours with Make-A-Wish kids. With no press. With no press. press, No press allowed. Uh, and then I've never seen... There, there are two people that really amaze me. One of them has very little to do with Disney, but, but Johnny... Johnny's one of these people who goes down and he spends more time than you can imagine on the red carpet, on the line, with talking the with every fan he gets his hands on. I mean, it's just amazing. I watched, um, she was stuck over in the corner in her announce booth at the Lone Ranger, but I was standing out there on the line. And Johnny, they've got two people these days. 
when he's when he's out on the line, there's one in front of him and there's one behind I him. I did see them as they And they're passed. pushing, they're pushing, literally <laughs> they are, pushing, they are pushing him. Pushing him. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. <laughs> and he's he is so gracious in yeah. you know shaking hands and talking to people and and stopping as much as he can for pictures. We were just really blown and away by that. Signing autographs. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. he's he's one of these people that has always amazed me, and. I've been really lucky to be associated with those movies because I think I think he's a superstar beyond compare. Yeah. So that's it. <laughs> <laughs> and I do remember hearing a story, and I don't remember which of the premieres it was, but it was one of those four that he was on the red carpet and somehow he'd missed a section of fans. And he didn't realize it, yeah, until he got to the end of the street. And he turned around and went back so he could get him, and he just made everybody wait. So that he could have that time with them, and you will wait, and you will wait mm-hmm. for Johnny Depp. There's just no two ways about it. and and the things like that. I I, I remember the first one. Eisner was going <laughs> tapping on his wrist, looking at his watch, going, "Where you know, my movie, my movie, my movie." You know, <laughs> Is that your impression of Michael Eisner? That's the, yeah. That, <laughs> Michael Eisner, Michael Eisner is, he did so many cool things during his presidency. Mm-hmm. If, have you ever done, you talked to Tony Baxter, no doubt? I want to. I haven't yet. Okay. I really want to. When yeah. you do, he will tell you the story of his first meeting with Michael Eisner. Make sure you get it. Okay. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. Because I won't take that away from him because it's a really cool yeah, story. <laughs> um, <laughs> so. But as far as going back to like special events and things. Yeah. One of them that's, um, it, I mean, it happens every year. That's, you know, one of your favorites, of course, is Candlelight. Is. Mm. Yeah. Because yeah. he gets to do that live. Mm-hmm. Talk that, about magic. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, ladies and gentlemen, Dick Van Dyke, you know. <laughs> I know. And, and, it's awesome. You know, I remember him at D23 uh, last year. Mm-hmm. He walked out on stage and goes, Ladies and gentlemen, I'm what's left of Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> and then proceeds, of course, to give just an amazing performance. Yeah, all right. Know. Yeah, with the, with the the guys in his, his the fantastic, uh, the fantastic, yeah. yes. So, and and I've over the years, it's turned into this live thing. It's really it's been kind of funny because uh, it started out that I'd re- and I still do simply because you never know when you're going to get sick mm-hmm. and. Cold and flu season hit, he hits right at at, um, at uh, candlelight time. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, I, I pre-record everything just in case. But um, the year Louis Gossett Jr. was supposed to be the uh, the narrator, the guy got to his house at eleven thirty, rang the bell, rang the bell, rang the bell, nothing. Rang the bell, rang the bell, rang the bell. Finally, uh, uh a guy looking like death warmed over in a in a terry cloth robe opens the door and goes, What do you want? And he runs back off to the bathroom. <laughs> the, the chauffeur calls, He ain't coming. <laughs> what do you mean he ain't coming? He's sick. <laughs> Can't you do it? He's sick. And trust me on this trust one. Trust me on this one. Yeah. So, uh, I'd pre-recorded everything, <laughs> and Joey Michaels, who's the producer of Candlelight and has been for as long as I've been around, mm-hmm. Joey calls me, and he says, Bill, 
Yeah. What size tux do you wear? <laughs> Excuse me? We can't find anybody, and Lou Gossett's sick. You're going to have to be the narrator tonight. Uh, Joey, I'm on the 40-yard line in the Coliseum watching the SC Oregon game. Oh, my God. About that time, the guy, one of the guys from uh, SC came up and brought this one-handed catch down in the end zone. And I was... <sighs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Joey goes, listen to me. You got to be here for the two o'clock to two thirty rehearsal. Joey, it's one o'clock. There's no way I'm going to get out of here, get down the five and to Disneyland from the Coliseum by two thirty. Mm -hmm. Forget it. Nice idea. Ain't going to happen. In the meantime, they go. But they, you did head down. I did. I, I I got out. You know. Headed down the five. In the meantime, they found out that Marie Osmond was selling dolls in the park and autographing them. Mm -hmm. And she has she has this wonderful doll collection anyway. And they prevailed upon her that evening to be the narrator. She was scared to death. <laughs> but she she did a yeoman's job. Just incredible. I mean, filling in on something that, you know, I grant... Knowing her her uh, religious background, it was she's not heard a, the story before. She's heard yeah. the story a couple of times. Somewhat yeah. familiar but, with it. Yeah. Somewhat familiar with it. But to do it. something without rehearsal and yeah. and uh, you know hitting music cues and things like that—that's it's pretty it's, awesome. It's pretty awesome. And mm -hmm. so, so Joey says to me as I'm there and in my tux and announcing, ladies and gentlemen, Marie Osmond. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you don't usually do that in a tux, I take it. Uh, I, I do now. <laughs> Joey says, you're not missing another candlelight as long as you live. And I went, oh, okay. <laughs> and that was also true the year that we did 20 days of candlelight. Yeah, 20, he did every show I did live. every show live. Yeah. Wow. In the tux. In a tux. The interesting part of this is... Which he now owns. Which I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. I bet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> The interesting part of this is that, that candlelight is one of those things that I've always wanted to be a part of. Having mm. watched years ago on the Disney Channel, the Howard Keel version, if you everybody's seen that one, I think. Uh, it was, I think, the first time they actually did a full presentation of, of what candlelight was all about. Did a about. video. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the, the Broadway star Howard Keel, who was in... Oklahoma showboat. Seven brides for seven, seven brothers. Yeah, you know, he was the narrator that year. Since then, they've had a couple of no account guys like Charlton Heston and James Earl Jones and you know Dick Van Dyke. And, you know, if they just people, can't find anyone, they just can't exactly. find anybody. Yeah, it's it's such an awful thing. But it really is. It's just a wonderful time. And on top of that, I get a chance to do the the dress rehearsal on Thursday. Mm. And none of us are dressed. I mean, we all wander in with our Disney jackets and, you know, it's like <laughs> whatever in the band. is. It's like 10 o'clock at night when we do this because right. the park is now finally closed. Mm -hmm. But we've got the whole orchestra there. The Disney choir is there. You know, I get to be the narrator for a change. And it's it's just a gas. It's the family that all of us have wanted over the years that makes no judgments, and it's just all of the love that you expect from those people closest to you. And mm -hmm. it is one of the most wonderful events I do all year long. 
And on top of that, I get to bring her along, and she sits dutifully in the audience and tells me how great I was. <laughs> <laughs> well, you haven't given me a reason not to yet, well, so you just you, you just so mind wonderful. yourself. Yes, ma'am. You know, there's yeah. always this year. There is this year. No. There is this year. No, yeah. he's 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 marvelous, and I I really, as a fan. Holy cow, you know, to sit on the front row and be one of the only people in the audience. That's that's pretty, pretty great. And that show I just absolutely love. And Christmas is super special for us. So we got married on Christmas Eve. Oh. And so, you know, we, we consider the whole month of concerts and other festivities just a wonderful yeah. start to our anniversary celebration yeah, each it's year. It's our so, anniversary month. Sure. Yeah, so that <laughs> so that works. That works really well for it us. Does. And I I just got to be part of something pretty special for me um epcot you know has done reflections of earth mm -hmm. for a very long time and their reflections of earth holiday program they've made some changes to it and since walter cronkite isn't around anymore they decided to add a tag with you know well a tag i say but it's a you know just a, a few minutes at the end and so what guy wants to follow walter cronkite so right. they asked they asked me to do it and you know that even was a little intimidating but truly truly wonderful so for for however long it'll be playing i get to i get to follow walter cronkite on reflections of earth holiday how so, exciting well, congratulations on thank that thank you thank you That's yeah great. i just recorded that a couple of weeks ago wow it's so cool yeah <laughs> They said, "Well, here's our here's the original. Could, why don't you listen to it and then you know see what you can do? We've made some changes to the script." And I'm sitting there listening to Walter Cronkite, <laughs> thinking, "Okay, now I have to go on. Holy cow!" But yeah, it was like, fun. thanks for the performance anxiety. I exactly. appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. let's the see. The butterflies if I can are now working this. full time. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Right. Wow. <laughs> well, as I've heard the the getting over or getting past any kind of stage fright or anything. It's not so much getting rid of the butterflies, it's just getting them to all fly in the same direction. <laughs> so, that is totally the truth. That's a great way of putting it. That I've never totally heard that the before. Truth. But yeah, yeah that's, that's true. <laughs> that is true. You don't get over it. You don't get over the... And if you do, you fail to realize the, 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 importance. the, the importance of what it is that you're doing or, <laughs> the, or, the, or the fun or the magnitude, whatever, yeah. whatever it is. Or the, whatever just the, right the energy is. of the situation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and so the both of us feed off of that energy. Mm -hmm. You know, it's... Did I have butterflies saying, ladies and gentlemen, Mrs. Ronald Reagan? You bet I did. <laughs> you bet I did. I practiced yeah. for almost an hour... <laughs> You know, you try, just don't just, want to. You just trip. don't want. You just. There's no way I'm falling over that phrase. You know, not right. It's <laughs> just no Which way. Sounds, you know, it sounds kind of dumb. I, this is a good time for us to say that we actually have had real jobs before, and we've done manual labor, and we've, you know, we've done things that are actually difficult. You know, I've dug ditches. We've both cleaned toilets. We've yep. washed windows and done yep. lots of other work while we were getting started here. So, mm -hmm. you know, we were a little offhanded sometimes about what it is that we do, but it's we true. fully understand that this is, this is we're the just cool, the luckiest the cool people stuff. on earth. Yeah, it really is. I mean, she's right. Both of us have, have done a lot of manual labor. When mm -hmm. I was a kid, I lived in South Dakota. And you know what you do in South Dakota in the summertime if you're a kid? You pull weeds all summer long doesn't make any difference whether it's in your mom and dad's backyard or somebody else's yard for, for, for pay. You're going to do both, most likely, because, you know, this ain't no way to cure the summertime blues, you know. 
Got to find some way to get the kids wanting to go back to school. That's That's right. And then in the wintertime. And then in the wintertime, you shovel. And when you finish shoveling that one, start over there. You know? (laughs) Uh Um, My younger brother and I had a a snow shoveling business. uh, And my father owned a medical building. There There was almost half a mile of sidewalks to shovel wow. every time it snowed. You know, and it was it was a it was a lot of fun. <laughs> you know, right? <laughs> yeah. But it's it's a great way to, you know, practice your snowball making. <laughs> right. You know, four o'clock in the morning. So because that's what you want to be doing at four o'clock in the morning. Exactly what you want to be doing at four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah. I, I still I you've seen the piece on YouTube about how they just send the dog into the into the boy's room to get him up. Yes. Yeah, and it's 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 totally that we didn't we never have a dog. They threw the cat in, you know? <laughs> and the cat's not even going to be nice about. No, it. he's not. And you're going to get clawed no matter what happens. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, I'm glad you shared that because I think a lot of people are like, I want to do this, and I'm just going to do that. And it's like, nope, nope, that's not how it works. Nope, nope. It's a it's a journey. It really, journey. yeah. That's that's the entire that's the phrase. It's a journey. Yeah. And I'm going to guess that even now you don't necessarily feel like you've arrived. You're doing something really cool, but it's yeah. not like, oh, the journey's over now. I'm just right, right. here. No, right. we're just beginning. I mean, seriously. Yes. I mean, it, yeah. I mean, it's now we, you know, we make our living at voiceover. But, yes, we do. Um, yes, but, but there's always something. Now we're something trying to, to make our living at TV for. as well. So uh, for those for those of you who don't know, Cami and I are in the process of of creating. Uh, a half-hour show for PBS on creativity. And um, we are lucky enough to have Don Hahn as one of our contributors. Wow. Uh, and and he brings along a cachet that is just, you know, not to be a, not to be. Yeah, believed. his book on creativity is yeah. just magnificent. It's and our it's, Bible. It's an yeah. awesome, awesome read. You know, anyone who's interested in the subject, please get the book, read it. It's, it's called Brainstorm. And it's mm-hmm. it's such a great breakdown of what creativity is and how you can achieve it in your own life. And so that's one of the things that he will do as part of our show is be kind of a, a guide to creativity. I envision him as kind of, uh, for those of you who are still uh, old enough to remember Laugh-In, I, I expect he'll be the Henry Gibson of our, of our show. <laughs> <laughs> he can be whoever he, he wants. wants to be. That's it, that's totally. Right. Yeah, that's so... It. But, but it's yeah. But, we're just starting. You know, our 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 journey. It just it, yeah. well, because it has included television yes, already. I've been working with PBS now for um, twenty five years, and so with PBS SoCal KOCE here in Southern California, and so yeah, it's the perfect home for a series on creativity. Mm-hmm. You know, because creativity, innovation, those things are so important for society, and PBS is well aware that that's something that. We all need. We need to all be able to explore because it isn't just about the arts. It isn't just about entertainment. It's about applying creativity and innovation to everyday situations. It's about science. It's about engineering. You know, solving yeah. community problems in new ways. Mm-hmm. About and, every. It's, it's it's about everything except accounting. You don't want creative accounting. No, I don't want. Creative. <laughs> <laughs> but it is about how an accountant who does things yes. in very finite ways can also have creative Indeed. outlets, and totally. those two don't have to be mutually, mutually exclusive. exclusive. No, mm-hmm. they don't. Yeah. yeah. 
Very cool. Do you have a name for the show yet? It's called On Tour. On Tour, okay. Mm -hmm. yep. Exploring and Creativity. Look for, it, look for it next year on PBS. Okay. So Yeah, I, I remember you talking about that on VO Buzz Weekly. Also, mm -hmm. I wanted to make sure that we focused on it mm -hmm. you know, for this as well. Mm -hmm. uh, do you, have you got all of the pieces in place and starting to make it? Or kind of where are you in the process right now? We right now we're in the process of finishing the pilot okay. and creating the opening title sequence that will serve the show, you know, from for every episode. So we really are just in the beginning stages. And it's funny because we thought three and a half years ago when we started working on it that we'd be launching in five or six months. And I'm actually... <laughs> yeah. Did you hear me snicker there? Almost four years later, here we are. And you know what? I'm happy that it's taken us this long because it's given us a chance to refine the concept and to make some really important changes to it. I think if we had launched the way we were going to back then, it would have been a disaster. And really? so I'm really happy with where we've, where we've come now because we've had a lot of time to think about it a lot of time to try out some things and, you know, shoot some segments and think, well, you know, it wasn't exactly what we hoped it would be. Let's try something else and, mm -hmm. and move forward. So and in the process, we found, I'm sorry, honey. No, no. In the process, we found some incredible people to be collaborators with us on this journey. Mm -hmm. Our director of photography is one of the most creative people I have ever met in my entire life. He is just absolutely amazing. He makes cinematic videos that, that, that touch every part of your soul. And he's... His name, I, is, I, his name is Brandon Watts. Yep. And he had been an editor for a client of ours that we did voiceover mm. for. And so... We only knew him in that context. He would record us and he would direct us in a session for, you know, um, corporate videos. And he just happened to send us a link to videos that he creates on his own that are time-lapse, outdoor time-lapse pieces that are mm -hmm. just amazingly gorgeous. And we thought, wait a minute, I wonder if we could get this guy to contribute something every once in a while to our show. Uh -huh. So we talked to him about it and he said, well, who's going to shoot and edit? The rest of the show well we don't know yet we're still putting that together this was you know in the first few weeks that we started talking about it almost four years ago uh -huh. and uh he said well I, would you consider me um yes wait let yes me think about yes. that for a second wait, but, um, we didn't hello? even yeah. think to ask you we thought we'd be asking too much to have you just contribute once in a while so yeah he's brilliant and his work is beautiful and we're just thrilled and he's become an incredible partner we're, we're trying to take our cues from Walt, and that is to yeah. hire people who are really, really good at what they do mm -hmm. and yeah. kind of share that vision. So exactly. And try we have, not we to, have a great example. Try not to argue with them too much about what, <laughs> what their vision is or should be. Right. You know, I mean, yeah. uh, the, we've, we've stumbled and, and, uh, and wandered into some incredible people. Our, our executive producer is a guy... Uh, He's, without going too far into all of the things that he's doing, Ray Bell is just this exquisitely cool person who knows the PBS system and how things work in getting getting it out into the world. Mm -hmm. And he's been such an incredible help. So we, you know, and, and, and all of the people who have become contributors to this thing, uh, one of the contributors to this show is a former genie at Aladdin. Okay. In fact, he was the very first the genie, genie. At, at Aladdin. His name oh. is Nick Santa Maria, 
and he he was the he was actor. an incredibly gifted actor and he 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 was the one who basically took a scripted genie and turned him into you know something Robin Williams would actually approve of mm -hmm. because his job as far as he was concerned he had no doubt that he was going to crack up the audience his job, as far as he was concerned, was to crack up the crew every day. <laughs> and, and he did. And he was just, you know, I've, I've talked to stage managers who had to work with him. And there'd be headphones flying all over the place simply <laughs> because he's off the script again. Well, what did you expect? And it's always, it's always brilliant and wonderful. So and he'll, be, he'll be yeah. helping us explore theater. Theater. Okay. And, um, and, uh, and we have several other people yeah. like that. Yeah. And... Mm -hmm. um, Great. If we can get him back from Shanghai, we'd love to do our, our dance correspondent is Denny, Denny Newell. Denny Newell, that's right. From, but he's he's having a marvelous time overseas. Yes. At least we think he's having fun. We he looks like so. he's having he does. fun. We, we, working you know, for he works for he was in Shanghai Hong Kong. Disneyland. Okay. Yeah, first of all, he was in Hong Kong and then now, that, he's, just gone now to he's going to Shanghai. Mm -hmm. So and that's gonna be one of those things that is like, oh, I want to go see that. <laughs> you know. What? No Main Street? Nope, just a castle. <laughs> <laughs> and yes. <laughs> and one of the things that we believe in, too, is and John Cleese has a whole presentation on creativity and the, the fact that humor is one of the best ways to to be creative and to keep creativity alive is to have a sense of humor mm -hmm. and to be able to appreciate humor. <laughs> so every episode will open with a short comedy sketch. Yes. And uh, the guy who's producing those and creating all of those for us is a really gifted filmmaker named Taylor Rummel. His dad is a world class voiceover artist and a good friend of ours he's, named Scott Rummel. Scott is the, tra is the trailer. Huge Disney fan. He's the trailer king, yes, these days. If, you know, if, you, if you're watching television. Uh -huh. um, CBS, Showtime. ABC. Everything. Some, and, yeah. yeah, he's he's incredible. He's that, he's that really deep voice guy that you, you go. And then he also, but he also did Ralph's commercials forever and yes. ever. And so, and the range is just amazing. You know, yeah, he can be just... the guy next door telling you, you know, what price roast beef is this week, and then right. also mm -hmm. the the super the, he had like deep, the dark... in a world where yeah, yes. yeah, 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 that guy, yeah, yeah that. <laughs> unfortunately, that guy is gone. Uh -huh. Don is Don LaFontaine. Don LaFontaine has left us, but 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 uh, Scott Scott truly is the guy, you know, and, and it's so much fun. And his son Taylor is just this incredibly gifted and very silly filmmaker. <laughs> we intend to have some of the craziest, most awful puns and, and, and twisted format things show up in the beginning of the show. Still appropriate for all audiences. Yes, by all means. It's PBS, after all. We can't... Never mind. Um, <laughs> it's getting a little off track. That's why there are two producers, so that one can keep the other in line. Yeah. And I think we know which one and which exactly. the other is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. In case it's not obvious. That's right. I'm the one that, that carries the filter, and I have it fitted exactly to put over, put over him. No, but it's, and Bill's just, this is the show that I've always wanted to do. And so, and he's just been an amazing champion as he is with, with everything. I'm just the luckiest, luckiest girl in the whole world. So we're really looking forward to this because we both believe that um, where our society is headed now, you know, and, and just the way the workforce is, is headed, creativity and innovation are it's going to be absolutely the key. Yeah. 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 I heard, I don't remember who I heard say this recently, but it wasn't, it was fairly recent. They said that as you look at the next maybe decade or so in 
industry and employment. If a machine can do it, It a machine will will do it, which Mm -hmm. means if a machine can do your job, then you're going to have a machine doing your job, which means you need to find a way to be able to do something machines can't do. Do. And what machines can't do is be creative. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That is ever so true. Ever so true. And, you know, that that bodes well for the four of us here at the table. Right. Uh, But the interesting part of it is that it's going to require a whole lot more finding out about what reality is before, you know, you can't be creative until you understand the parameters of what exists. Mm -hmm. And so uh, for those of you who are young and still in school, please stay there. Uh, Get all the information you can and do everything you can to find out what reality is. Then you'll be able to make decisions on what you can do to contribute. Yeah, absolutely. So now Bill will now get off his soapbox. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just dust it off and set it aside for there later. You make yeah. it back. There you <laughs> and that's completely fine. Because uh, you're right. It's You have to know what building blocks you're working with. Mm-hmm. You know, otherwise, you can't build something because you don't know what pieces you have. And then you can take them and use them in unorthodox ways. Boy, can you ever. <laughs> <laughs> and that's some of what makes it work. <laughs> that is really the fun part, yes. Yeah. So what's it like for you guys, either in voiceover or while you're working on the show, to be you know, a husband and wife working together in these industries? Well, in the first place, I'm, I'm going to say this because I love her so much, and she is one of the most talented people I have ever met in my entire life. I, you know, and I say that unabashedly. She has the the class, the act, and and the 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 drive, and that's it makes her an incredible performer. So, at the same time, she is also one of the most motivating factors in my life, because I'm just trying to keep up with what I consider to be the most amazing performer on the planet, my wife. And 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 the fun part of this is that the two of us uh, feed off each other's uh, criticisms and, and helps. It is so wonderful as, as an actor to have instant feedback. And if you're on the stage, you get that from the audience. And, right. it's, and it's wonderful. But in voiceover, where you're in little black, little dark boxes, uh, and, 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 and there, in most cases, there's no one there to listen and direct and direct mm-hmm. it's so wonderful to be able to have someone i you know that i can i can walk across the hall here and say honey will you listen to this and tell me what's wrong with it because i'm not sure and in in so many cases in in 99.9 cases out of 100 she will pinpoint what it is that i can do to improve what it is that i've already done and he does the same for me and you know we know that that critique is done Absolutely, first of all, with love and kindness, and also from the standpoint of, um, I know what you're capable of doing, and so I want to help you get to that so that you're doing your, your best work. And so we, we take those suggestions from each other. Sometimes we'll, we'll still say, you know, thank you for that feedback, but I really like what I did, so I'm going yeah. to leave it alone. And we totally mm-hmm. respect when the other one wants to do that. It's always nice when you're doing a comedy piece when she laughs, right? right? It's not always nice. Look. It's not. It's not always nice <laughs> when she mean? laughs and it wasn't supposed to be comedy. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's that. <laughs> but right. I, again, you know, I, I, when I get the blank look and it was supposed to be funny, 
I know immediately that I have I have something to I have a place to go. It's either mm-hmm. too esoteric or Yeah, and it, I do that. Or it's just Ugh. not funny. I know. Which our granddaughter has she has oh, been God. the greatest improv coach. The 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 two and a half year old that lives in Utah, she um she'll like any little kid will will ask you to sing a song and then she but she doesn't want one that already exists you know sing a song sing a sandwich song um (laughs) sing a shoe song sing a song about peanut butter so you you know you got to make these things up on the spot and you know they have to rhyme and they have to have some kind of repeatable melody and all that kind of stuff then she'll say sing wheels on the bus make it funny <laughs> and I'm thinking, what are the parameters of funny for this kid? Yeah. You know, yeah. So I'll I'll sing. I, I thought that I knew what she wanted and started singing "Wheels on the Bus." You know, the trees on the bus go blah blah blah. Or and she just looked at me and said, mm, "That's not funny." <laughs> Two and a half years old. <laughs> not funny. So not funny. It's at all. been great because I can, yeah. you know, or you'll she'll she'll say, you know, sing a sandwich song. I'll sing the sandwich song. Do it again. Oh no, I don't know what it was. I just did, <laughs> you know, and do it again, do it again. Like, like any director, you know, uh-huh. like any demanding director. So that's been kind do of it again, but experience. with a French accent. That's it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> totally. Well, and that's, and she's learning she's into, stuff like that. That's into, the thing that's really <laughs> awful about her. She's into pretending God too. And she'll her. say, yeah. my name isn't Ayla anymore. And she'll decide which character she's going to be. And she's, she'll say, who are you now? And, uh, usually the one I can always get her to agree to is, can I be Queen Eleanor? And so then, then we're all talking with the Scottish accent and, um, you know, but she, she wants, she does she wants you to stay in character for the whole time that you're playing, whatever it is you're playing. I do the worst Mickey voice in the world, so I won't even do it, but she seems to like it. You know, my apologies She's to She's never Brett done it in I front won. of Brett. Yeah. Never, <laughs> never, never once. will. You know. Although, you know, it's it's funny because I'm I'm gonna suggest because we're we're gonna meet with Brett in the not too distant future, uh-huh. and I'm gonna suggest that maybe Brett give her a couple of pointers so that next time she shows up in Salt Lake, there there <laughs> there will be because she's she's a dedicated watcher of things Disney. Oh, okay. And uh, her even though her mother doesn't want her watching that much television. Mm. Grandma's prerogative Grandma's to sneak prerogative. some in. That's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here, have some sugar while you're at it. Um, <laughs> but she is. She is the greatest reason to keep uh, to keep fresh, and she's one of the most demanding directors. <laughs> because she, at two and a half, uh, she's she's very very intelligent and and very well spoken, and this do it again thing is is one of the most frightening things. Because the both of us ad lib a lot, we have to. It's mm-hmm. just the way things work, mm-hmm. um, and it's difficult to remember that kind of stuff. You know, right? We're old. That's right. <laughs> That's right. But but back to the idea of working together. We yes. absolutely. This is a second marriage for us. We feel like we made all of our mistakes the first time around, uh-huh. and um, we are so happy we found each other. We just. We can't get enough time together. So no. working together, living together, being together all the time just works for us. It wouldn't work for everybody. And that's okay. No, we don't, people, we yeah, don't expect that everybody should be that way. That's just what's, the way we are. what's best yeah. for us. And uh-huh. we love to go to gigs with each other and watch each other work and just get to experience all of that and kind of be waiting. Because she gets all the cool and, uh, gigs and I get to go along. <laughs> you know, that's that's the thing that's so, well, so wonderful. I just, you know, I, I just... 
Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you've, you've taken us to a few cool places, too. So. A couple of times. But yeah, it, it works very well for us. <laughs> so, yeah, because last, last summer we were in Pittsburgh at Dracula's house. Well, not not actually. I was going to say, I didn't um, know Dracula's house was in Pittsburgh. This it is. is news well, now, to me. Now, now, now you do. Now you do. <laughs> uh, yeah, for on PBS, you've probably seen a lot of the music programs, like the doo-wop shows and things mm. of that nature. Um, My Music is the, the name of the series, and okay. it's produced by T.J. Lubinsky, who lives in Pittsburgh, and a great music fan, you know, and he... A, okay, I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. And an incredible old TV even fan. though he's young. Even though he's he's in his he's in his early forties, mm-hmm. this guy, um, first of all, the house looks like an exact replica of Colin Wood from the television show Dark Shadows in the sixties. And 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 TJ is a, is a wonderful guy, but he keeps trying to perpetrate the myth that he's a vampire, and so he makes all of his people work late into the so night. So you, you start working in the evening and work yeah. all through the night, and <laughs> but really it's so that he can be around during the day with his kids. Yeah, yeah. and it's and it's so much fun. But when you walk into the production studio, it, it's an exact replica of the WJM newsroom from Mary Tyler Moore, and the 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 door that Ted Baxter used to come out of. Mm-hmm. Is actually the door to the studio, which is really awesome. I mean, which you is know, in his basement. It's in all of this is in his basement and sub basement. I mean, the studio is a full on uh, four camera, high definition uh, studio with a forty foot ceiling and the whole bit. I mean, it's just an incredible facility, mm-hmm. and it's all in his house. And it's like the director last summer. He looked at this place and he goes, "You know, this is on ten acres of land." And with the construction of the studio and all of the house, for what he spent, you could buy a two-bedroom shack in in, in uh, Sherman Oaks. <laughs> I can believe it, you know. Yeah, and, but it's it really is a lot of fun. She's done yet another one this year, and um, the both of us get we get to do a lot of ancillary things that you know that just are an incredible amount of fun. But it's fun to be with her. Fun to be with you. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Speaking of fun and fun to be with and everything, you were talking about the improv stuff and everything that you got to do for your granddaughter. But I also remember hearing you talk about that's great training as it a is. voice actor. You need to, one of the best training grounds is improv. Without doubt. Um, and we didn't believe it for a long, long time. Yeah, Because most did. of what we've done has been as announcers or narrators, and we know how to do that. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. that's kind of our core thing. Um, but to be able to play characters in commercials, you know, we don't do animation work really, but we, but to get to to do anything outside of what our comfort zone is, you really do have to learn how to go different places with characters. And so we finally took an improv class. Yeah. Just the six we went to week. The groundlings. Don't mm. you don't have to audition. This is just the basic level. They'll let anybody in who pays the money. Uh-huh. And it was an amazing experience. It was really great because you really do have to learn how to just fall flat on your face and let it be okay that all of these super accomplished people right around you are gonna know that you're not everything that you hope that you will be. Uh-huh. And... This is Bill dragging his soapbox back out again. <laughs> if you're going to get into this business, and I know that, that there are a lot of people 
who will, you know, that will be one of the questions out of, you know, how do I do this? Mm -hmm. one at of least the, once a week. At least once a week, asked. I get that, that question. How do I get into this business? Well, one of the things you got to do is just basically throw out all of the things that you knew if you were ever a disc jockey. <laughs> first, first, foremost, and always. I mean, there are wonderful disc jockeys out there. Don't get me wrong. Some of my... Some of my biggest heroes over the years have been disc jockeys, and Jack Wagner was one of those. Jack, long before KHJ was rock and roll, they were a jazz station, and Jack was the evening host mm. on KHJ 93. Um, so he was, and he's really good at it, too, because he, he knew jazz. He knew jazz backwards, forwards, and inside out. Uh, but to be an announcer... Uh -huh. is still that, that radio DJ thing. If you're going to talk to people, you got to know, first and foremost, how to get to the audience. And the audience isn't going to put up with a script. Not for the most part, because people write, they, they write scripts the same way they write, they write newspaper. It's, it's there to be read, not read aloud. Mm -hmm. And so knowing... Uh, how to ad lib, how to get into a mindset that isn't normally yours is one of the most important things you can do. We have we have a wonderful teacher who tells us how to take what she calls a character detour. And that's basically what it is. Your whole life suddenly gets turned upside down because you're not who you are or who you think you are anymore. You can be. Yeah, so for instance, if you're trying to read a, a piece of copy in a particular way and you're just not quite getting there, the, the thing to do is to open yourself up and expand you so that when you come back to that, you bring with it something else that you've just just experienced a moment ago. And so, you know, you might be looking at some commercial copy that's for, you know, a dish detergent or something. And, and you know, then you, get, you just take a look at it and you read it and you just get as silly as you possibly can be about this amazing dish soap. And then when you come back to it, then you've brought something else with you. You're not going to say it with that accent, but uh -huh. you've at least gotten outside of your head. And, and so, yeah, there's some wonderful things that that can do for you. Improv, improv is, is a must-have. It really is a must-have. You can spend all, your entire life going to seminars and, and workshops uh, from all of the great people, but if you don't know how to get away from you mm -hmm. and into something entirely different, you're going to find yourself going back to the same old place time and time again. Yeah. So. Did you guys have a favorite improv game? Yes, and. Yes, and. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that time that we went on the picnic? Yes, and we we got into this really wonderful car that only had three wheels. Yes, and the horn was broken. It was on all day long. Yes, and the really awful part of that was that we had no brakes, so that we were literally going down the street with this horn blaring and 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 no way to stop. Yes, I felt like we were fled fled, fled Flintstone. <laughs> Ooh, fled that's Flintstone. a very good yeah yes and and we. <laughs> We we we, wa we wandered into Bill and, and yes Bill. and Willy Wonka. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yes and got to be our favorite, you know. Where you just keep building on the story and you never say no mm -hmm. um, in that improv game, as you probably know, because then then it just shuts down the the story and the person who is supposed to feed off of you doesn't know where to go. You know, you always accept whatever it was that they just gave you, the, the idea of just go with it. Uh-huh. So. How do you know when that game is over? Is it you a don't. time thing or it just eventually well, devolves? It just, it just devolves like it just it did. Uh -huh. <laughs> like it just did. Yeah, it's like, 
Wait a minute. What time is it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we probably ought to stop this now. It's like it's like the uh, the the ongoing game of Monopoly. Have you ever actually finished a game of Monopoly? I don't know anybody who. Has. I don't think no, so. I never no. have. It's like, <laughs> but that's the way yes and works. And finally, there's nothing more you can say because you just you're going. Where did my head go? <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. Let's go back to Disneyland for yes for a minute. Disneyland uh, is that a place? Oh, I've sorry. I've heard of it. <laughs> yeah, me too. A magical place. <laughs> what is it different for you two being the voices of the respective parks, or is it? Oh yeah, my park's it? better. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, we I let her have getting... that little dream because I know better. We get into no. I mean, we we sort of we sort of kid each other, and it's really fun when something cool happens at one of the parks. It's like. Well, guess what happened in my park? <laughs> we're doing something pretty cool over here. Yeah, I know. And next year we're celebrating 60 years of doing something cool every day. Okay. So, yeah. I have one word. Hello? What? Cars. <laughs> <laughs> done and done. That's it. That's it. John Lasseter. But I could go on. John Lasseter had the greatest line. He said, when I was walking down, down the highway, heading towards the Cozy Cone, I, I I was walking behind this dad and his kid, and all of a sudden the kid just stops, looks around, and goes, "Dad, this is the place where they filmed Cars." <laughs> <laughs> Which and it is says so that true. They've done it right. They have done it right. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. that's the thing that that has always amazed me. As long as I have been going to Disney parks, and I have been going. Since 1957, the first time I went to Disneyland. Um, what happens there has absolutely nothing to do, and at the same time, everything to do with reality. Mm -hmm. Okay? It all depends on whose reality it is. And with, you know, with downtown Marceline, that was Walt's reality. Mm -hmm. We've talked over and over again about whether Main Street USA ought to be something different. And if it ever is... Say we were to change Main Street completely and make it fifty years older than it than it was now. I mean, it'd be nineteen seventy five, and what we'd end up with is the plaza in downtown Orange. <laughs> right, <laughs> that would be Main Street, you know, as as Tom Hanks saw it, you know, in that thing you do. But the the interesting part of it is that what happens now in 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 both in parks all over the world is that the, the Imagineers, the people who spend the time figuring these things out, have suddenly come up with the idea that, hey, wait a minute. The entire idea here is to make people dream. Mm -hmm. Dream about another time. Not necessarily a better time, but another time. And those dreams are what feeds this park and every other park. They are different for every place. Every land in every park evokes a different dream. A bug's land. Bug's land is one of those that evokes a, a nightmare for me. Because <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> all I see is little kids you know, uh, and little bugs. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm being silly, obviously, because now that we have a two, two and a half year old, 
of Bugs Bugsland is is one of the is one of That's the most. That's right, and the other two and a half yes. year old, she gets to have her first visit. She does here very soon. soon. So it'll very be soon. you know so, we'll have other great at least great yeah. family stories. Not that other people yeah. care about our grandchildren, you know, but <laughs> yeah. As like any grandparents, we're just, you know, completely gaga Buggy. over these little oh, kids. Yeah. <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah. Well done. Oh, thank you. Um, but all of these dreams, all of these dreams that, that, that the company, and I, and it's all an offshoot of what Walt decided had to happen. Mm -hmm. I mean, we all know the story. Every, every amusement park owner in the world told Walt that he was full of manure. Right. And that, you know, that what he was proposing would never work. Well, I guess not every one of them. There was one guy by the name of Walter Knott said, you know, Walt, that ought to work pretty well. Mm -hmm. I got this ghost town over here that works real well keeping people, you know, happy while they're waiting for the chicken dinner. And I think about this. I think about all the work that goes into to, to creating these parks and the fact that they decided that they didn't. I mean, that was the thing that was most wonderful about it. Yes, we we created the Magic Kingdom in Florida, but it is not a replica of Disneyland. No, it is it is something akin to it. But in every place where there's a new park, there's a new dream, at least one, and and usually tons of them. Mm -hmm. I mean. And that's what makes that's what makes the magic in this company happen. That and the and the and the incredible people. I mean, they're just they're just no words to say how incredibly proud both of us are to be part of such an uh, an amazing enterprise. So yeah. you know, leave the dollar leave the dollar figures alone. Just look at the eighty thousand people that pour into that park every day, or you know, sixty to eighty thousand. I mean, at one time, I did all the gate spiels for Tokyo, and um, I was always told that it was it was so funny because Tokyo obviously has a lot more land. Oriental Land Company has right. has built a huge park, and they and they said, you know, um, the way this works is is this: we figure that approximately one fifth of all of the people in the park in Tokyo are either learning or can speak English perfectly. And your job is to make them feel at home. And if you have any problem with that, just remember that the average daily attendance of Tokyo Disneyland is five times what it is at Disneyland. So you're talking to the same number of people that you would be in Anaheim as you are in Tokyo. <laughs> I went, does Corey know this? <laughs> he does now. He does now. Yeah, it's Corey who does all the gate spiels in Tokyo now. Okay. I got aced out by somebody who was just incredible. Oh, yeah. 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 Corey Burton, right? Yes. Yeah, Corey he's amazing. He is. Yes. I, You know, I count him as one of my, my truly great acquaintances. You know, he and I don't know each other well enough to be really tight friends. Mm-hmm. But every time I get a chance to talk to him or write to him and the two of us, you know, correspond in whatever way, he's just an amazing, wonderful talent. Yeah. And, and, the, and the company is so lucky to have him. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So you guys have both talked about special times and you know, things that you've really enjoyed. But do you remember the first one of those? Like the first time that you were doing something for either respective part and you went, I'm a part of this. Yeah, I think, you know, back to that that moment where I was, you know, I'd done the fill-in for Hollywood Backlot, and that was really cool for me. Um, but the, the first time that I was doing the Wine and Food Festival, and I'm saying ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. That brings us to the end of this week's show. A special thank you to Bill Rogers and Camille Dixon for being my guests, and to you for listening. If you're currently doing something because of your love for Disney, like some of my previous guests, and you want to tell people about it and why it matters to you, then I want to hear from you. I also want to talk to and hear from people who have worked for Disney. And if you're a Disney guest of any Disney experience, and you've had an encounter or an interaction with a cast member that made some extra Disney magic, or you've just had any special Disney experience you want to share, I'd love to hear from you, too. Maybe you have a special memory connected to hearing one of the voices while at Disneyland, DCA, or one of the other parks, and you'd like to share that. For any of these, email me at podcast at storiesofthemagic.com or call the listener feedback line at 734-23-STORY and tell me about your experience. Subscribe to Stories of the Magic in iTunes, the Xbox Music Store, on the website, or you can hear Stories of the Magic while on the go with Stitcher Smart Radio. If you like the show, please rate and review Stories of the Magic in iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or wherever else you listen to the show and can rate it. I know it takes a few minutes and there's a few steps involved, but that little bit of time really does make a big difference. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions, visit storiesofthemagic.com and leave a comment on the show notes for this or any episode. While you're there, check out the show notes for useful links from each episode, too. Like the podcast on Facebook at facebook.com slash storiesofthemagic, as many people have done this week, so thank you and welcome to everybody who has liked the page and is now listening to the podcast. Follow the show on Twitter at twitter.com slash storiesofmagic and tweet out that you're listening. Pin it on Pinterest, plus one on Google+. Tell your friends about the show. Keep letting others know that you're listening so they can join in the magic, too. Thank you to everyone who came out to Disneyland for the Star Wars Half Marathon weekend races and took a bit of time out of your schedule to say hi, whether it was on the course, as a couple people did, or off the course in the parks downtown Disney or at the hotel. If you participated in any of those races also, congratulations. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Stories of the Magic. There will be other days and other stories, and this tale continues next time. You've been listening to Stories of the Magic with Randy Crane. If you have feedback, want to share a story of your own, or even be a guest on the show, write to Randy at podcast at storiesofthemagic.com or call our listener feedback line, 734-23-STORY. And don't forget to visit the website, storiesofthemagic.com, for show notes from this and every episode and to leave your comments. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, live your dreams and make the magic in your world.